give you an example too. It's on my first book tour. This woman calls me up on the phone, right, on the radio. And I, I love doing the radio responses. I love like real fast meal to help people. So this woman calls up and she goes, Mr. Robbins, she goes, I've tried everything. I'm so upset. I've, I'm depressed all the time. I've been depressed now for seven years. I said, gosh, how have you accomplished that? Goes, what? I said, how have you accomplished that? I mean, that's pretty amazing. I said, are you depressed even when you sleep? She goes, when I sleep? What I'm doing is breaking her what? You remember? Pattern, interrupting her pattern. That's all you got to do. If you respond, people go, oh, man, I'm sorry you feel that way. And that's not enough. Sometimes you've got to interrupt the pattern, tease them, and be loving, but tease them. Because if you just go, oh, it's okay, it's okay, they'll just, they're getting a lot of feedback. They're being rewarded for feeling bad. Is that true? So you've got to be careful. You've got to be loving, but you've got to be fun and loving. So that would be my response, a loving, fun-loving response, an outrageously fun-loving response. That'll break their pattern. Do something they don't expect. So I said, well, what's the challenge? You go, well, it's because my boyfriend left me seven years ago. He left me. He left me. He took my whole life. I said, he took your whole life? Because, yeah, I gave him everything. I said, everything? You kept your voice, I hear. <laughs> so, well, you know, he gave me everything. He gave me everything. My whole life's run forever. Why is she in pain? That's right. She feels tremendous depression, actually, because she's been angry, because she really felt what? Hurt. Because she has a sense of what? Are there people who end a relationship and don't feel a sense of loss? Yes or no? Yes, because you have to tell yourself it's a loss. You have to communicate it's a loss. How many found that in the past what you thought was a loss was actually your gain? <laughs> but when you thought it was a loss, how did you feel? Hurt. And it may not have been a loss of them, it was a loss of your own self-esteem. Well, they left me, and they must not have loved me, I wasn't good enough. You know, I'm not good enough, the loss of your own self-esteem. But you do that to yourself, too. It's just not true. It's the meaning you made up in your head. We're making this all this crap up in our head, and it's not true. You've got to be careful about the meaning you label things. You've got to take control of that process. So this woman's going, well, he loved me, that's why my whole life is over. The reason she's upset, the reason she's this angry, is it's not that she feels a loss, but she's labeled that loss. Because of that, my whole life is over. How would you feel if your whole life was over? A bit depressed? You better believe it. So I said, look. I said, bottom line is, I said, ma'am, you've got to change your state. The, way, the state you're in right now, you're going to keep thinking your life's over. You've got to change your state. Because, yeah, well, I've tried, I've tried. I said, what have you done? She goes, well, I've taken drugs. I said, well... <laughs> You know, what else you done? I've seen my therapist for years now. I've done this. I said, you know, stop! Stop! I started yelling on the phone on the radio, right? And so imagine, I can imagine the face. What, what, is he crazy? What's going on? I said, you listen to me right now. You want to change this? You do exactly what I say. When I say now, you put the phone down. And you run outside. And you just yell two words at the top of your lungs. Over and over again. Next! 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 As you think about your old boyfriend. At first, she was like in a deep trance with no reaction, right? And all of a sudden, I just heard this chuckling. She's laughing hysterically. Right? She starts to laugh. I said, just yell next. Go out there and look around. See, man, go next. <laughs> as soon as she started laughing, I said, think about your old boyfriend. She starts laughing. Think of your old boyfriend. She's laughing. Think of your old boyfriend. Laughing. Think about your old boyfriend. Pretty soon, when she thought of her old boyfriend, guess what she began to do? Laugh. Now, am I belittling the relationship? No. But do you think if she laughs when she thinks about it, she'll be able to deal with it better than if she cries? You better believe it. See, our state affects a lot of the meaning we link to things. When we're stressed, or oh, we can make out the worst situation out of virtually anything, can't we? 
So you got to remember, you're the producer of this play. You're the one writing the script of this movie. Now, some of you, though, have like one style of writing called drama. <laughs> Maybe you ought to try writing a comedy instead. It might be more enjoyable. Some of you have written a love story. My congratulations to you. Some of you have written an adventure story. Some of you have got one garbled story that doesn't even make any sense. Maybe it's time you cleaned up the script. Which doesn't mean go back and rewrite it all. It means tear up the old one. Do you have to like go back and rewrite the whole script in order to make it work? Yes or no? Now what you can do is set it aside and move on from here. What a concept. Decide, what do I want now? What happened to my past doesn't mean diddly. What matters is where I'm going. If you're trying to drive in the future using the rearview mirror as your guidance tool, you're going to crash. Plus, you know what? Your future is going to look like your past. Pretty scary. Maybe I'd just let go of the past, tear up that script. You don't have to keep playing that same play. Write a new one now. Don't tell me, yeah, but look at the script I've been using all my life. Who gives a shit? Put it in the circular file and write a new one. You know, be spontaneous. Maybe you want to write some of it along the way. Maybe you don't have to have the whole thing planned out, every detail, know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And then you won't be so upset when it doesn't go the way you wrote the first version of the script. It called your expectations in your head. Maybe then you'll go, well, this script is kind of a guideline. It isn't like my absolute must or I'm going to be peeved. Maybe that would help things a lot. See, the whole key is the quality of life is the quality of communication. Number one, with yourself. Because nothing has any meaning except the meaning you give it. And the meaning you give it is going to determine how you feel. How you feel is going to determine what you do. And what you do is going to shape your destiny. See, if I interpret this means this person doesn't love me, then now all of a sudden I'm going to feel lousy about it and I'm going to do things, either verbally or non-verbally, to get back maybe. Or, at the very worst, I'll withhold my emotions because I don't want to be hurt again. And does that withholding make my relationship better, yes or no? No, and now all of a sudden we start to drift apart. And now I start doing, doing things that will change my destiny and separate me from somebody I really love and somebody who really loves me, all because I made up a bunch of crap in my head. Nothing has any meaning except the meaning you give it, bottom line. And so if we want to change our lives, we really want to make things work, make sure I remember this, write it in your note. It's not the event, it's what we do with it that determines the quality of your life. It's not the event, it's what you do with it determines the quality of your life. And what we do with it is what we do with it inside of our head. It's not the event. It's what we do with the event that determines the quality of our life. What do we do with it inside of our head? We can take things that destroy other people and cause them to make us better. This whole seminar today you're going to go through is a result of me having an event that was not pleasurable last night. Especially since I was exhausted, I had no sleep. That also amplified my feelings about the situation. And then what happened was, I asked myself a question. How can I use this? What's great about this? I was not feeling it was great. How can I use this? What's great about this? My brain started saying, what's great about this is it means what we tried to do before this wasn't making sense. We're not quite, we almost had it, but it wasn't quite there. So what's great about this, I found that out, because I want to share with you the best. What's great about it is I can use this intense emotion to see what really will work in the most intense feelings I've got. Wow, what a great deal. See, it's not the event, it's what you do with it. And... Remember, the meaning you associate or assign to something, the meaning you associate, 
parentheses, or assigned to something, determines how you feel and what you do. So the meaning you associate or that you assign to something determines how you feel and what you do throughout your life. Determines how you feel and what you do throughout your life. Bless you. The problem is, are you communicating to yourself in a way that's empowering or disempowering? And what would you say a good deal of time it is, probably, if you're not totally happy? Disempowering. So the problem is not the event. The problem is the meaning that you're associating to things that's affecting your actions throughout your whole life, determining your destiny, is probably disempowering a good deal of the time. If you're not happy. If you're happy, you're probably assigning a lot of empowering meanings, aren't you? You've come up with some core beliefs and ways of looking at the world that really help you. Help you to evaluate things in a way where you're really in charge, or you're not in reaction. So if we want to really take control then, we've got to remember what I've already said. Nothing in life has any meaning except the meaning that we give it. So for example, the doctor, staff, the doctor raises his voice, says, please give me this. Or maybe he doesn't say please, he says, give me this. He doesn't say the word please. What does that mean? Scumbag doctor, that's what it means. <laughs> it means he doesn't respect you, right? means he doesn't care about you, right? Isn't that what it means? If you're upset, that's what the meaning you've attached to it is. How many would agree? What else could it mean? He's angry if he's angry, or he's stressed, or he's frustrated. Does that give him a right to snap at you, yes or no? No way. We're not making him right. We just want to know what it really means first. Does that make sense? How many of you have ever screwed up? Can I see a show of hands? How many of you have ever snapped at somebody and had nothing to do with them? It was just your state. You were so stressed about something else. How many have done this even with people you totally love, like your children? Hmm. Everybody together. Ready? Hmm. I'll try it again. Very nice. Just think about that. Now, when the doctor does that, instead of going, he has no right to do that, you're right, he has no right to do it. You're absolutely right. And you need to help him so he doesn't do that anymore. You need to help him. Not make him wrong. If you make him wrong, is that going to enroll him in not doing this again, yes or no? Yeah. Doctor, when all of a sudden you keep asking your staff and they don't deliver something you need, does that mean they're incompetent? Mean they don't care? Mean they're not as committed as you? You're working to the bone? You don't have any time? You're not even getting paid? They're getting paid? They must not care about you. Is that what it means? No. No. What might it mean? They're overloaded. They're overworked. You beat them to a pulp. They don't want to talk to you because you've been real mean and hard to be around. They're trying to avoid you and stay out of your way because they're afraid they're going to set you off. Oh, I noticed that was a doctor that was laughing, huh, ma'am? Is that possible? But see, which meaning you assign will determine how you feel and how you treat people. Isn't that true? And it doesn't just stop there. It continues. Because the truth is most of you don't communicate all that you feel, and it's a good thing. Because words spoken in a moment of anger, some words like that are never forgotten. Now, that's not true. You can forget them, but people think, I'll never forget that. They keep telling them, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. I'll never, I'll never, 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 never. I will not forget that. And they work real hard to remember it. But how many of you have forgotten your own 
home telephone number, address, or how to spell the word the. <laughs> so you can forget, can't you? Yes. Actually, forgetting is a very useful tool. I may want to teach you before the weekend's up the power of forgetting. Not forgiving, forgetting. Hmm. Ready? Hmm. Is it sometimes useful to forget? Especially if what you're forgetting is only your perception. Especially since your memories are nothing but myths anyway. Because if you asked my mother, I bet she'd have a different story. True? That's right. See, the bottom line in life then is we've got to make sure that we assign a meaning that empowers and doesn't, doesn't empower, disempower. By the way, we don't really know for sure what the meaning is unless we ask. By the way, do we always have to ask? No. Sometimes we can hallucinate that people are coming from the best place. How often would it be useful to hallucinate that people are really coming from positive intention? Yes. See, if you question my behavior, I can probably deal with that. But if you question my intention, that is going to really hurt me. Because I'm going to go, don't we have a relationship? Don't you know who I am? But that's probably not how I'm going to respond. I'll probably respond with a cry for help by being pissed off that you could ever question my integrity or my intent or whether I care about you. I mean, how can you do that after all I've done for you? And then people start justifying and noticing all the things they've done for you. Then they get really even more mad, amped out. Is that true? Okay. So what we've got to really do is we've got to say, okay, I don't know what the meaning is. I'm not sure what the meaning is. But I'm sure that the intent is positive. The person's either stressed or something else, but I know who they are. I remember who this person really is. The moment doesn't matter. This too shall pass. Is that true? Unless I decide to try and hang on to it, not let it pass. Have you ever tried not to let something pass? It gets to be painful after a few days. You come home. You caught that one, huh? That's good. That's right. You come home and your spouse is watching TV again. They're reading the newspaper again. They didn't say they loved you again. What does that mean? Scumbag, that's what it means. Divorce. They don't care. They don't love me. They're not attracted to me anymore. I can't imagine why they wouldn't be attracted to you when you're in this personality. <laughs> Probably looks at other men, looks at other women. Can't imagine why when they get to come home to seeing you in this unique state. Because they don't have very good taste, that's why. They don't know what they've got. Maybe they know what they've got. Maybe that's why they're looking. <laughs> the meaning we link to things determines our actions, therefore our destiny. I've already shared that with you. The key then is to choose empowering versus disempowering meanings. The key for us from now on is when something happens, we're going to probably have a reaction. And after we're done with our little reaction, we should sit back and say, what's a more empowering way of looking at this? What might be a more empowering way of looking at this? What else could this mean? Because I choose the empowering one. I may be wrong. Is it possible the person really is a scumbag? 
I guess anything's possible. But it probably won't empower you to look at them that way. Because people tend to be whatever you make them. You might want to write that down. People tend to be whatever you make them. Pretty important frame. And I want you to remember this. Write this in your notes. Whatever you look for, you will find. Whatever you look for, you will find. Whatever you look for, you're going to get. And by the way, the way we look for things is we ask questions about people, about our life, about ourselves. That's how you look for things. The way you direct what you focus on is ask a question. Very quickly, look around this room as fast as you can. I want you to notice everything in this room that's brown. Quick, everything that's brown, brown. Clothing, people's hair, floors, anything. Brown, brown, brown. Only brown, 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 brown. Close your eyes. With your eyes closed now, tell me everything in this room that's red. Hmm. Raise your hand if you see a lot more brown in your head than you see red. Raise your hand. Open your eyes. Look for red now. See everything you see in this room that's red. Red, red, red. Anywhere you can see it. Clothing, people. Anywhere you see red, 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 red. Look around. Red, red, red. How many see a lot more red now? Raise your hand. Guess what? You get what you look for. And I got you to look for it by asking a question. That's also how you get yourself to look for things by asking a question. Like, what's wrong with this person? And you know what? If you look, you'll find what's wrong. There's wrong. Look, ah, there's what's wrong with them. Why are they such a scumbag? You say, okay, why? All right, here's one reason, here's another, here's another. How come I can never succeed? Well, let's see here. You look inside, you say, oh, yeah, these suspenders aren't the right level. Yeah, there's here. Yeah, my childhood. Uh, yeah, oh, boo, yeah, yeah, I got all the reasons. We get what we look for. Can you find somebody who's horrible, and could you find something good in them if you look for it? Yes or no? Yeah, because you're the one that determines whether it's good or not anyway. Isn't that true? Could you find something good in Saddam Hussein if you wanted to? I'm not saying we should. <laughs> right? If you wanted to, could you? Do certain people think he's good? Yeah. People say, hey, he's gotten back our land. I don't necessarily agree. But you don't have to agree to be able to appreciate. Is there a difference? Yeah. You can appreciate somebody's view even if you don't agree with it. You can appreciate that the, for them that that's true. You can appreciate that they have a different reality than you have about something. Most of us think we all have to share the same perceived reality. I'm sure we share the same physical reality, but physical reality is not what most of us experience. We experience a perceived reality we've made up in our head. Isn't that true? And so do you remember what the title of this technology is? Bridging realities. What we're going to want to do is build a bridge between our reality and somebody else's so that we can connect and have a relationship. We don't have to make them live in our reality. We don't have to hold our realities as their absolute. We can create a bridge. And by having that bridge, we can exchange information between our two cities, our two communities of emotion, our two communities of understanding. We have to create a connection. We're no longer separate. We're connected. And we can share. We can have our own identity and feeling. We can also connect and share. There's no limit. We can do it at any moment. All we have to do is choose to cross the bridge. That's all we've got to do. Bridge the reality. We're going to show you how to do that with people for the rest of your life. It'll change your life like few things you've ever learned in your life. It'll be so simple, it'll be a joke. But it starts with this basic philosophical understanding that the way you feel is based on the meaning you give things. You are the one giving the meaning no matter what, even though it feels like somebody else. And the question is, are you doing an empowering meaning or a disempowering meaning? And if you say, yeah, but look, I got proof. I got proof that what I'm saying is true. Do you want to be in right or do you want to be in relationship? Do you want to be right or do you want to be in love?
Now I'll write that down. Ask yourself, is it a question of the future? Next time you're in an argument, you want to ask yourself, do I want to be right or do I want to be in love? Because that's really your choice. That's really it. See, I think I told you last time I was here, I had a time a few years back where I had a unique partner who I really cared a lot about. He embezzled a quarter of a million dollars and had me $758,000 in debt. I got a bit peeved by this. I got angrier than I ever remember because I felt so massively what? Hurt. And it's because I had a feeling of what? Loss. The money was part of it. The ability to not have to think about money was another part of it. An equally big part of it was I cared about this person. And they took advantage of me. I felt the loss of trust, the loss of love, the loss of connection. All that got stacked into this anger. How many would hear that? But see, the truth of the matter is, do I have every right to be able to point and show that this guy is wrong? Sure. Will that make my life better? No. All I got to do is say, how can I use this and move on? Not make him right, not make him wrong. Just go, okay. God, I wonder what would make a person do that. You know, when I finally started asking, what would make a person do that? I created my entire destiny technologies. It probably is the most powerful set of distinctions I've made in my lifetime. Because I figured out how I could use it and what I could learn from it. Instead of, how come this happened to me? And I turned my finances around like 100 fold. My little company doing $4 million a year to $50 million a year. It's a fairly large jump. All because I chose to create a different meaning. The meaning is this is a chance for me to go to the next level. The meaning is this is a chance for me to learn and make something better than it's ever been before. Once you link that meaning, the world changes. Just remember, if you don't like the way you feel, change what things mean. Change your perception of what something means or change your actions. That's what it takes, and you'll change the way you feel in a heartbeat. I put a little metaphor here, a couple of them for you. I just want to remind you that when you decide you can't find something also, remember I said what you look for, you'll find? When you decide you can't find something, you'll also discover you won't find it. Because whether you believe something's true or whether you believe it's not, you're right. How many of you have the experience of having somebody say to you something like, can you find me the salt? And you think to yourself, hey, would you go in the cabins and get me the salt? And as you're walking there, you're thinking, I don't know what the salt is. You walk up there, you open up, I don't know where it is. And you really do look, don't you? You really look. But you already have this belief that says, I can't find the salt. So what happens? A few minutes later, you go, it's not in here. They go, what are you talking about? It's right there on the shelf. You go, no, it's not. They walk in. They walk right beside you, reach right in front of your face, and go, what is this? <laughs> and what is it? Salt. How many have had this happen to you? Now, the salt wall's already there. You said, Tony, what I look for, I'll find. Yes, what you look for in earnest, you'll find. See, what you really want the answer to, you'll get. But you go, why am I so happy? But you really don't want to know the answer? You're not going to get the answer. Or what's really great about this person? You won't get an answer. It's only what you seek for in earnest. If you don't look for something, you won't find it. You're right. If you don't commit yourself to finding it, you won't. Good thing for you to remember. What do you do when an upset happens? Well, let me give you an example. What I learned from racing school changed my whole life. I race cars, formula cars. And so, I went to several different schools, by the way, to do this. And I'll never forget, in my first school, the first thing they really taught us at this one school for racing is they said, the first thing you got to do is you got to know how to recover. You got to know how to recover before anything else. How to drive a car, you guys know how to do. How to go forward, you know how to do that. What you got to do is learn how to recover when you hit the skids in the road. Because if you don't know how to do that, your racing career is going to be rather short or rather painful. And most of you are trying to race through life. And a lot of you are having a rather painful time because you don't recover very well. Or you recover 
But in the process of recovering, you smashing everybody else's car along the way. And that makes the next trip around a little resentful for the people. They see you coming by, they kind of avoid you a little bit, going, I'm not getting too close to this doctor, this staff member, this person, this accountant, this secretary, this telephone person, the person around the calendar. I'm not doing that. Because if I do, they're going to smash me up too in the process of them trying to recover. So what they do is they put you in a skid car where they make you go through the process of about to crash, where they knock you off track. And what it is is the skid car, they've got a little computer. And they fire off this computer, and what it does, it has a little lift, and it lifts one of your wheels, and you never know which direction or when. So you're screaming around the track, screaming, 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 and you're not doing full speed, like 140 miles an hour. They start you a little slower, like we're doing this morning. And you go about 60, 70 miles an hour. But 67 miles an hour in a truck is pretty intense, and you're going right for a wall, and all of a sudden, you start to skid out of control. And what they tell you in advance is that what you've got to do is when you start to skid out of control, there's only one key. Look where you want to go. Focus on where you want to go. Do not focus on what you're afraid of. Now, what do people do in life? We focus on what we fear, and we get more of whatever we focus on. That's what they tell you there. They say, look, whatever you focus on, that's where you're going to go. Whatever you focus on, you're going to get more of you focus on the wall, you're going to get a lot of wall. Real fast, you're going to crash. What you immediately got to do is focus on what you want, not where you think you're going, not where you think you are. If you're not where you want to be, if you're not where you're wanting to go, focus on where you want to go. Immediately, don't hesitate. They said, now what you're going to have to do is when you do this, it won't feel like it's working at first, because you'll still feel like you're going into the wall. Because what happens, you have so much momentum in that direction that even when you focus on where you want to go, there'll still be a little bit of momentum in that direction and there'll be a little bit of a lag time before the car turns. So don't, because you don't seem to be turning, turn back and look, because you do, you're going to go right there and crash. Keep there. You have to use that F word. What is it? Faith. So what happens is you turn, you're going in, going in, and what do most people do? First of all, most people don't even turn. What do I do the first time? I'm screaming along, screaming along, all of a sudden I start going to control, I go, ah! I'm looking right at the wall. My instructor, last minute saves my life by grabbing my head and going, Phew and pulling my head physically in the direction I should be looking, which is directly 90 degrees opposite of where I was going, right? I'm heading for the wall. This is where I need to look. So all about the crash, and he goes like this, and I'm pulling my head over here, and all of a sudden I'm going, oh, and I want to look back, oh, when are we going to get oh? And the last second it turned away. And I went, oh my God, my heart's beating out of me. I said, maybe I should try a different sport. <laughs> I thought, now this is a good metaphor for life, so let me do it again. So I got there and you never know when they're going to do it. You're going, you're going, you're going. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to love racing again, racing, racing. All of a sudden, this is, I started going, oh, and you know what I did? Whoom! I pulled my head. I'm like pulling my head in this direction because I keep wanting to go this way. And look at what it is, pulling. And I'm waiting and waiting. And sure enough, the car turns just in time. And after a while, you know what you do? Something happens. You notice what it is. You don't stare at what it is. You don't figure out what it is. You don't go, that's a wall. Smacking that. What would it be like to smack that? Ooh, if I smack that, my body will go here. My head will go there. No, what happens is, you see the wall, you know what it is, you only acknowledge a problem long enough to know what it is, and then move on. Know what it is, boom, focus on where I want to go. The minute I can identify what it is, and that's not where I want to go, boom, so I'm heading for it, boom, in the car, and it's like, now, now you just, boom, you get off it so fast. Focus on what you want, and you'll get more of it. Focus on what you fear, and you'll get more of that. Focus on what you want, and you'll get more of it. Focus on what you fear, and you'll get more of that. Bottom line is, almost everybody in life focuses on what they fear, and that's why they get more of what they don't want. Right? Oh, yeah, but what if this happens? What if that happens? If you keep asking, what if this happens, what if that happens, I guarantee you're going to crash. It's only a matter of time. 
Instead, you've got to say, well, what if this happens? What I want. What will happen when I make this happen? What I want. And the more you focus on that, the more of an experience you'll have of what it is that you want in your life. And you'll get it right away. Now, here's the problem. You've got to still hang on to your F. What is it? Faith. You know what faith is? Faith is understanding the seasons of life. Life comes in seasons, doesn't it? It's not always the same, but it's still predictable as a whole. How many of you are surprised when winter comes? Can I see a show of hands? No, you wouldn't be surprised. You don't be surprised when winter comes. And are there emotional winters, yes or no? You better believe there are. Are there times when you try to communicate well and it doesn't work? Are there times in the office where it feels a little frigid, a little cold? And that's not just the air conditioning. What happens during a winter? You break out a fire and warm each other up. See, some people freeze to death in the winter. Other people ski. The meaning of winter is whatever you do with it. Isn't that true? Winter, there's nothing wrong with winter. What if it was always summer? You go, oh, that'd be great. Oh, yeah? How do you get bored of summer? Plus, you probably get burned. Now, some people get burned in the summer. Some people get tan. Some people swim. Some people go on vacation. Springtime's a great time, too. You get to plant. Fall, you get to reap. You know what happens to some people in life? What some people do is they say, okay, I'm doing what you said, Robin, so I turn and I focus, but it's not working. You're still in lag time. God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. You're in lag time. It'll catch up. Hey, look, you think it's fall, we're still in winter. Or you think it's fall, you're in spring, or you've made it to summer, but we're not to fall yet. Don't be so darn impatient. Take on a new prayer. Lord, give me patience and give it to me right now. <laughs> be equally intelligent. It's like some people think, okay, I know what I want. I want this seed to be a plant. They stick it in the soil. And they come back the next day and they go, where's my plant? And the soil goes, are you new? <laughs> That's not how it works. You plant it here, okay, you come back every day and take care of it. Right? You make it through the whole spring. Then during summer when it's hot, you've got to really, really take care of it because it gets even worse during that time. And you make it through all those seasons in the fall, maybe, more than likely, not always, but most of the time, you will have a plant here. That's how it works. Go, that's not fair. Best of life is how it is, not how you think it should be. Because if you come back each day, the plant will see you come and start laughing, you know, <laughs> giggling. Look at this guy. What's the matter with him? Why don't I have it yet? Lag time, that's why. Don't make yourself wrong because you're doing the right things and you don't see the results yet. It takes time. Most people completely overestimate what can be done in a year and underestimate what can be done in a decade. I can tell you my own career, my own life, my business life, I gave my heart and soul every day, every day, 276 seminars a year. Going morning, noon, and night, giving my all. Anybody who knows me will tell you, all my all, every day, no matter what. And you know what? I was broke, I was frustrated outside in terms of the business, the business work, nothing was working. Not, and I kept you know, asking myself a great question, like, why am I screwing this up so much? It wasn't me screwing up, it's lag time. I had to make distinctions, I had to build something, it takes time. But then the other day I got a little reality check, which we're going to teach you today. My reality check is I fly up to Los Angeles to do my seminar up there in my helicopter, my jet helicopter. It's a tough life, but somebody has to live it. <laughs> So I don't have to drive for three hours. I jump in my helicopter. I'm there in 35 minutes. And plus, I go down and dive down by the dolphins in the water and lift back up and play. It's like having your own roller coaster. And I'm flying over this area where I used to work 
Glendale, California. I worked there as a janitor. I drove my 1960 Volkswagen that literally broke down on the freeway one day because the wheel fell off. <laughs> I worked in the middle of the night so I could still go to school. And I got paid $5 an hour, but as a janitor, they figured out how many hours it should take. So I did half the time, did a better job. Because I learned if you give more value, you get to earn more. Good thing for me to remember. But all of a sudden, I flew over the bank and I stopped. Because see, in a helicopter, you can stop. Like an elevator, just boom, right there. And I just hovered above where I used to work. And I thought, that was 12 years ago. Wow. Wow. I never. For four or five years after that, I never thought I could have ever had what I wanted. But see, the world moves for those who just never give up. The world will move for those who persist forever and who change their approach. They're flexible in how they do it. They don't just do the same thing over and over again. The world will move for someone who has faith. The world moves for somebody who has trust and then acts on that trust. That's what the world moves for. And someday you get to look down and go, God, was there one time? That's pretty exciting. That's a pretty good progress. See, just because you didn't get it when you want it, you may have overestimated in the short term and underestimated your long-term power and potential. Something you might want to remember.